This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Thank you all for coming tonight. I'm so excited to be in front of you once again. This is probably my favorite thing that our churches do. Just give, give us young men an opportunity to come in front of you and speak our mind. Tonight we're going to break down three quotes from great minds of the past. I'm going to open with a quote from Thomas Edison. Luke's going to follow with a quote from Helen Keller. And then Zach's going to wrap it up with a quote from Andre Guide. On to my quote. Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Let me repeat that. Opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. To illustrate the truth of this statement, I want to tell you the tale of a man who fell prey to this very sentiment. One day, a man of influence and affluence was listening to a traveling rabbi. After some time, he called out to the rabbi and he said, Good teacher, what must I do to gain this life eternal? Why do you call me good? The rabbi answered, No one is good except God alone. The teacher continued, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Yes, yes, the youth said. I have kept all of these since my youth. When the teacher heard this, he said to him, One thing you yet lack. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. You And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come. Follow me. These words troubled the young man, and he was filled with sorrow because he was too blinded by his accrued gain to realize the benefit of parting with it. When the rabbi saw his sorrow, he was filled with empathy. He entreated the crowd, saying, How hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. This, of course, is a paraphrase of Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 25. Many lessons can be learned from this passage, but the one I want to press upon you tonight is this. Do not miss an opportunity because of the effort required to bring it to fruition. Think of all the good this young man could have accomplished, what his influence could have wrought if he had only looked past the toil and into the blessings beyond. Now, I'm not in the least downplaying the sacrifice necessary to reach those blessings. He was being told by Jesus, a traveling rabbi, to upend and forsake the life that he knew, to become a traveling beggar without so much as a home. It was these considerations that drove him to double think and to talk himself out of an opportunity unlike any other. Our lives are an endless flow of opportunities, choices, and decisions. The vast majority are lost in the forgotten muddle we call everyday life. But still some require, some of these opportunities require much more thought and careful action. When an opportunity looks like hard work, nine times out of ten, it is because it will be hard work. Not only can these require physical strain, but it can also be very taxing on our minds. It was this dual punch 
that pushed the young rich man out of the open arms of Jesus Christ. Even though parting with belongings is not physically toilsome, the emotional strain was too much for him to accomplish alone. When we are prodded to act upon an opportunity by the Holy Spirit and it becomes too much for us to bear emotionally, we cannot react like the rich young ruler. Because much of the Christian walk is just too much for us to handle all by ourselves. We must call upon the Holy Spirit's power vested in us to pick us up when we are humanly incapable of finishing the task, which is very often. And no, turning away from a prodding that the Holy Spirit gives us will leave us with a deep and lasting sorrow, like the pangs of our conscience, that will only go away when the task set before us is followed through to its completion. But do not despair. Paul encourages us in Galatians 6, 9 through 10, saying, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, and especially to those who are under the household of faith. Furthermore, after the crowd had reacted to Jesus' words, aghast at what he said, Jesus stilled their woe with one simple statement in Luke 18, verse 26. He said, the things that are impossible with man are possible with God. An example from my life is the everyday arduous, tenuous journey of actively discipling my siblings or my friends. My patience is very finite, and when it reaches its end, it comes all too quickly. The bad days tend to come a lot more than the good days. But even in this, Christ is with me to the end. My pleas that they won't listen, or that this, this battle is impossible to win, is only met and combated with the echo of Jesus' words. To that rich young man, he said this, Surrender everything that is holding you back. Upend your world. Then come, follow me. We as Christians must be ever watchful and vigilant for this elusive shapeshifter known as opportunity. We must always be prayerfully stalwart when our patience reaches its end. Because it is in the impossible tasks that our faith is grown the most. Even in the most testing tribulations will lead to an opportunity for your testimony, as it says in Luke 21, verse 13. Jesus continues in verse 15 saying, For I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Do not miss a God-given opportunity because it's clothed in overalls and looks like hard work. Because the words of our living Savior live within you. Thank you very much. I'm going to turn it over to Luke. Thank you, Joseph. Good evening, everybody. Tonight we're going to be taking a look at a quote from Helen Keller, which states that the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Let me reread that. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. We're going to look at the definition of the word vision. It means the ability to see things, and it can also be the gift of seeing things that are invisible. Let's, we're going to read Proverbs 29:18, where there is no vision, the people perish. 
No winds favor a ship with no destination. If there is no goal, then nothing you do goes towards a goal, and nothing, and you end up floundering about like a ship with no direction. In the Lord's work, we need a vision, greater goals of what can be done, and greater objections how it can be done. Jesus had a great vision in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. He said that the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray that the Lord will send out laborers. We are the laborers, and the unbelievers are the harvest. We need to go out and preach the gospel to the unbelievers. Our vision can sometimes be inadequate. So we say that we want to go out and preach to as many people as possible. However, the shortcomings in that is we may be thinking too small about what can be done. We may think too generally about what we should be doing. We may keep our vision this small because it is, no risk, it is a no-risk situation that you cannot fail at. If you say that you want to go out and preach the gospel to as many people as you can, and you only go out and you go out and preach the gospel to one person, you can say that you accomplished that goal because that was as many people as you can. However, if you have a set goal and an idea of how you're going to go about doing that, you have a much better chance of accomplishing that goal. When making your goals, you should be very specific about them and then keep yourself accountable. It is like saying that I want a hundred, it's like saying I want to make a hundred dollars for a trip next month. That's a goal, but it's a very, it's a very broad goal. A more specific goal would be like saying, I'm going to ask Grandpa if I can work for him this month, so that way I can have $100 for the trip that I want to go on. You have two very different mindsets with those. The first is very broad. You want the money, but if there is no action plan, it is a, you have a much better chance of not working out. The same thing can apply to spreading the gospel. You can, say that I, you can say that you want to preach the gospel, but every day, but every time you go out to the store, you have many opportunities to preach the gospel to people, and you just walk right by them without, any, without ever saying anything. You have the goal to preach the gospel, but you have no action plan. A goal with an action plan would be say, like saying, I'm going to go to the mall this afternoon, and I'm going to pass out gospel tracts and pray for people. As you can see, when you, have a fully set out, when you have fully set out your goal, you have a much better chance of making it. We all want to go out and preach the gospel. We have opportunities every day to go out to preach the gospel. But because we do not have a game plan, we oftentimes do not do it. Having the detailed plan ensures a better chance of success for you. Now we're going to take a look at the problem of a vision that is too general. It's a, you may have a plan that you want to go to heaven or serve the Lord or do, or do evangelistic work. But how can you do these things? We must, see our, we must see our vision in the Lord's work in concrete terms of the things we can actually do and plan especially how many you are going to be able to do. How do we know what our vision needs? 
We need to have faith. We need to trust in the Lord and not fear. We need to believe in miracles. God has proven many times that He can bring great results out of seemingly impossible situations, such as feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish in Mark 6.34, or parting the Red Sea so the Israelites could walk through on dry land in Exodus 14, verse 1. In conclusion to this, in order to do the Lord's work, we must have a vision. We must be specific in what we want our goals to look like. Otherwise, we will end up like the ship, just floundering about with no rudder and no wind in the sails. I'm going to close tonight with reading John 4, verse 35. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. Let us not wait to go and preach. The harvest is ready, and we must harvest while there is still time. Thank you all. Thank you, Luke and Joseph. And thank you, Clint and Mr. Brian Hutton, who got here at 4 o'clock to help us today. That's sacrifice. So, I guess to start off, my goal is to encourage all of us tonight. I know I was encouraged by my studies. Um... You learn a lot when you're trying to teach others. So this is a real blessing. I was given the quote from Andre Guide, and it says, man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. Let me read that again. Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. Now, Andre Guide was a French author and humanist. But he was very, a very wise man in the sense that what he wrote and what he said, he followed. See, at the time when he was around, Many of his writings, many of his thoughts were against what was popular. It thought outside the box for people. And he actually won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1947. So how do we as Christians like, approach a quote like this? He wasn't a godly man, but there's wisdom we could learn because God is all wise. And he can speak wisdom through whoever he desires. So, to start, as Christians, it's easy to get comfortable where we are at. It's easy to just be, to be okay with where we are in our faith. Even as unbelievers, we can often become comfortable with feeling like there is no God. And that kind of brings me over to the point where there are really only three positions you can be in relative to Christ. You can either be an unbeliever, an immature believer, or a mature believer. Now, an unbeliever would approach this quote and say, losing sight of the shore 
would mean me giving up fleshly, fleshly and worldly pleasures and picking up my cross and following Jesus. An immature believer and a mature believer are somewhat the same because they've already done this, but they're, they are still different. Because an immature believer is going to be very focused on the fleshly parts of their faith. While a mature believer can focus on the spiritual aspects of Christianity. They can grow the church. They can learn how to grow themselves spiritually. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 and 2. Paul states this. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ, that being fleshly, childish. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. If we're unable to receive wisdom from, from the Lord, that's an indication that we are okay with where we are at. See, all this comes to the point of no matter where we are relative to Christ, He is always calling us deeper. He is always calling us to understand more of Himself. His wisdom and His glory are so vast that we cannot even begin to grasp by our own power. Now imagine for a second, like you're a sailor and you're out on a ship and you decided before you left that you weren't going to take any navigational equipment and your goal is to cross an ocean. And you just figure, hey, you know what? If I can stay in a straight line and go as fast as I can, then I should get there. Now in your own reasoning, that may seem feasible. Maybe you're, you've been a sailor for a long time. But what they don't realize is that if you don't have any navigational equipment, it doesn't matter what direction it looks like you appear to be going, what you appear to be going in, you're just going to end up at what you assume is the correct location. Let's turn to John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6. It says, Jesus said unto him, that was Thomas, he was speaking to Thomas at the time, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Christ is our navigation. He is the way to the Father. You see, God is so far beyond our human understanding and our wisdom that we can't even begin to comprehend His glory. We can't see the direction we need to go because we don't have the mind of Christ, which is like what it says in Isaiah 55, 7-9. It says, 
Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways. God's wisdom is so far beyond our understanding that we cannot grasp without Christ. But praise the Lord that we have a mediator that can go between us, that can give us a way to the Lord and to his glory. Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. If you'd like to turn there says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can have confidence in approaching the almighty, all-glorious, all-powerful God because of our high priest, Jesus Christ. At the time of the high priests and the Israelites, they were not... the The regular Israelite was not allowed to pass into the Holy of Holies. And there were three segments, I do believe. But Jesus tore down the wall so that we could enter. That we could even be begun to see the glory of God. We can discover the new oceans of God's marvelous wisdom with confidence because of our Savior Jesus Christ. We can lose sight of our fleshly understanding because of him. We do not have confidence in something that is fleshly, which sets it apart from all other things, because everything else will pass away. But rather, we have a hope in God who is eternal, and he will never pass away, which is something that we as humans often cannot grasp. It is something too far beyond our understanding, eternal, never-ending. It is though as our understanding, like the, how much we can understand, the magnitude is as one cup of water compared to God's marvelous understanding being an ocean which isn't even a good like, description of God's understanding because it has boundaries that he created. Like, we can't even picture the difference between those. It's so, like, why would we not surrender all to Christ? 
And we have an amazing opportunity to discover new oceans. I mean, and to be fully immersed in a wisdom that is far beyond our understanding. Ephesians 3 says in verses 17 and 19, if you'd like to turn there, says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of Christ is an amazing, amazing thing. And sometimes we, we can't understand it until we become an immature believer. And then we cannot begin to grasp it until we become a mature believer. But he's always there drawing us deeper. When we were unbelievers, he drew us to be new babes in Christ. When we were babes in Christ, he drew us out to be mature adults in Christ. And even then, he continues to grow us, which is amazing. I just want to encourage all of us to seek the Lord and to dedicate our very finite under, amount of understanding. I mean, our understanding is so small compared to his glory. But when we dedicate all of that fully to Christ. Marvelous things, marvelous things are done through us. And it's only because of him. Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now it's talking about fleshly things, what we shall eat, what we shall wear, Our Heavenly Father knows what we need. And He knows that we need these fleshly things to survive. He created us that way. But more so, He created us to love and to seek after Him. When we lose sight of these fleshly things, they, though they may not be bad, like, what do I eat? What do I wear? Those aren't wrong. But when we focus on them, we lose sight of the goal. That is Christ. We, lose, we end up focusing on our shore, what is we know as firm and as solid, and we end up losing focus on all the glories that are before us, his oceans. They sometimes will end, us by, end up binding us to the shore if we let them. But praise be to the Lord that we can lose sight of such what, things that we would consider as glorious, like, ah, oh, the best food and the best clothes and the, all the riches we can desire. We can lose sight of those, though they are often 
drawing us to them. We can grasp Christ as it says in Romans 8, verses 37. It says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ, through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can conquer. Through him we are more than conquerors. Through Christ. We can lose sight of the shore. It is possible. And he will draw us to his new and marvelous oceans of understanding. And praise the Lord. He is glorious. He is marvelous. Above all else, he is holy. So if you are not a Christian tonight, and you see that you need Christ, and that you need to set aside all worldly and fleshly desires and pick up your cross and follow him, or if you just need the prayers of the church, we would be happy to come by your side and seek the Lord so that we, through that time, we will all draw closer to the Lord. Oftentimes when we help, we grow more in Christ than, than if we didn't. The Lord gives us purpose, and we can lose sight of what we hold dear, and we can gain those new oceans. Praise the Lord. If you need prayers or you need to be saved, baptized in the church, please come forward as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.